Hey guys, what's up? My name's Nash. After a brief break, we're back and in fighting form for another week of the pod. It's Arts Week, so we've been getting weird all across campus. And some of you took getting weird to the next level by entering our Arts Week selfie competition. There were a lot more animals in the entries than I had anticipated, but uh, hey, I guess that's the point, right? Be weird. We'll be announcing the winners of the competition shortly. But first, it's time for a new segment. So, we were thinking the other day, here at the pod, the world is full of problems, big and small, from climate change to what to have for dinner. These are issues that humanity will have to conquer in the coming decades in order to survive. So we figured why not get a head start and ask for help from the people who will no doubt solve these problems in the future, today. Yes, we asked you. So getting off to a light-hearted start, we look at the most awkward of social situations, third wheeling, as new recruits Trudy and Gloria bring us the first instalment of The Fixers. So guys, how would you define third wheeling? Couples extra baggage? It's like you're trying to have a good time. Somewhat awkward? Yeah, tricky. And you know, they kind of just interact in your interactions and it's not on. Yeah, and it's just really awkward sometimes, but you can make it really fun by being their photographer. Or even better, being their priest. I mean... <laughs> So have you had any awkward situations in third wheeling? Like, I've been in third wheel positions. I've never been on the couple side. Um, so that's something else. Um, uh, yeah, I was at a high school event. So it was me and my high school friends and all of the executive of the school. And we have me, my best friend, her boyfriend and our principal. And they started making out as I awkwardly stood there as a third wheel with my principal staring at us. No, I've been pretty lucky. Like, um, most of my mates that I've third wheeled with are pretty, you know, pretty like wary of this situation. Like, oh yeah, we're not gonna, you know, toss Francis to the wolves here. Like, he'll be all right. I bumped into like a friend that I didn't really know that well. And then she had a friend that she knew really well. And they're like, oh, let's chill in my apartment. And then I guess they kind of invited me just to be polite. So we go to their apartment and they're just talking about all these experiences I already had as close friends. And I felt really left out because I was like, um... so I called my dad, hung up with him straight away. Like he called my phone back. So I was like, oh, oh dad, yeah, I gotta go. And so I left. What would make third wheeling better? What do you mean by better? Like more enjoyable or? Yeah. Uh, so if they're holding hands, your hand goes on top. Probably scoot. The most effective is just leave. The third wheel just leaves the area. Just leave. Yes. A couple further, you just like squeeze in between them, just be like, hey guys. Uh, do you just, well, depend, I don't know. Um, you know, if it's getting a bit more frisky, then that's 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 where the magic happens. That's where you, when you got to go, I reckon. Selfies while they're hooking up behind you is always good. And, you know, your face showing disgust. Well, if they're making out, can I join? <laughs> no, don't, don't say that. So if you could choose any celebrity couple or any two celebrities or even maybe characters that you could third wheel on a date with, who would it be? Johnny Depp and whoever's girlfriend he has so I can just leech off their lifestyle. I guess Beyonce and Jay-Z is always really interesting. I don't know who Kevin Hart's missus is, but I reckon that would be a ball because Kevin Hart, is, he would be a rad dude to meet. Tina Fey and her husband. I think third wheeling some pretty stupid people would be pretty funny just because they get really pissed off about it. So maybe like 
if I could make up a couple myself, maybe like Eminem and Paris Hilton, because they've got a pretty good dynamic going, I reckon. Okay, I would do Kylie Jenner and Tiger two months ago, because that way they couldn't show affection and you wouldn't really feel like a third wheel, because they'd have to hide it for the public. Wow, thank you guys, thank you. If you enjoyed that segment, guys, let us know what issues we should cover next time. Shoot an email to thepod at arc.unsw.edu.au. Okay, so we're getting close to announcing the winners, but there's still time for another segment. You may have seen in the news or social media in the past couple of weeks that we have world champions in our midst here at UNSW. Runswift, UNSW's own RoboCup soccer team, won the world champion last month in China. Pod volunteer Joanna caught up with them to learn a bit more about their latest victory. Australia, undisputed king of RoboCup World Championships. That's the headline of a recent press release from the UNSW Engineering Department. Whilst many of us were hibernating during our winter break, or hitting the slopes, or doing just about anything but uni work, RunSwift, a team of robots, students, and staff, went to China to compete in the World Cup of RoboSoccer. Upon their return, I had the privilege of meeting the defending champions and chatted with them about their 3-1 victory over their biggest rival, Germany. So the grand finals was definitely the most exciting match that we played. Um, it was extremely stressful within the game, but the, uh, <laughs> that third goal we put in like sealed our victory and that was very exciting. The whole first half we had five robots on uh, and all working well and we were very in control of the game never really looked like conceding any goals. But we also struggled to score a lot of goals early with, with such a strong German defence as well. But it wasn't all smooth sailing. Yeah, I guess like any sort of athletes, they, they get injured and, and overworked. You know, foot sensors break and gears melt or get broken, and so they have lots of physical injuries. So in the second <laughs> half, four of our robots in a row fell over and they turned off. And once they've turned off, you can't you have to then reboot them to them get them to play again. So we had to call a timeout. And so in that timeout, we rebooted our robots, got them back onto field conditions. Then we put two goals in in the last three minutes. I was actually lucky enough to see some of this in action in a friendly Robo Soccer match. Robo Soccer is a 5 on 5 game on a 6 meter by 9 meter field. There are goalposts and a goalie, and the robots kick a lightweight hockey ball. The robots themselves are super adorable, equipped with flashing eyes, speech and hearing capabilities. The team members let me hold Loki. The robots this year were named after the Norse gods. Loki weighs in at about 5 kilos and will set you back around $5,000. During the match, the robots chase after the ball. They fall over, get back up, kick, block and even dive to save the goal. It's mind-blowing that none of these actions are controlled. These robots are 100% autonomous. Behind every action, walking, ball detection, getting back on two feet, is a chock-a-block of code. This is what the team does and apparently does best in the world. So there's no human interaction with the robots once they're on the field. So all the work is done before the game, leaning in the months leading up to the actual competition. This code was started in 2010. The code base just keeps going through the years. Now it's 2015 and there's been a lot of improvements on it. So I've been on the team since around December last year. 
and I've been doing a variety of projects in that time, including foot detection, which is where a robot can see and on another robot's foot in front of it. I've also helped design the build system for the new robots and a variety of other things. The competition has been going on since the 90s, and every year they try and add something new. This year the officials introduced a new regulation that all robots are required to start and stop play by detecting a human blown whistle. In the past, the game was started by an electronic whistle, so like a Wi-Fi packet would go to the robots and they would start playing. In the final this year, you had to listen for a human whistle, just a regular sports whistle that a guy had to blow at the start of the half. It was very difficult, not only because it's not easy to hear a whistle and someone can blow a whistle hard or soft or quietly or loudly, but there's also a variety of other fields nearby. So there's, there was a game on the field next to us that also was using a whistle. And so you have to not listen to their whistle, but also listen to your whistle. So they're the same regular sports whistle. So it's not easy to tell which whistle to listen to. So it was quite a significant challenge that was added this year. Every year the game becomes more like a real life soccer match. Next year, FIFA International Standard Soccer Balls in its various colors will be used. The diameter would be about a third of the height of Loki, and this is the goal. Yeah, the idea is that by 2050 we want to be able to have a team of robot soccer players who can beat the FIFA World Champions in a game of soccer. So it's a very ambitious goal, but technology is capable of very ambitious things. Not long ago people didn't think that a computer would ever beat someone at chess, and now it's assumed that computers beat people at chess. And it was only 10 years ago that these robots were actually four-legged dogs. Now they're two-legged humanoid robots and it won't be long before we're outside falling over in mud instead of on a regular field. What's remarkable is that there are actually people and workplaces implementing the code written initially for the robots. The robots see the ball through vision. They have a camera or two cameras on board at the moment and they have a whole bunch of software algorithms to detect where the ball is on the field. And they use almost that exact same software to track workers' hands in a factory in a lumber mill. So if the workers' hands get too close to the saw, the uh, software detects that and it closes the system down so their hand can never be cut off by the saw. We've also been involved in another league called Rescue and that's where we're trying to help find victims after a building's collapsed and find them through software and robots rather than sending in humans who randomly dig around the, the rubble. There's another part of this called At Home where we can put in robots into the home environment and help people who are elderly or whatever and help them to uh, do the normal chores around the house. With the ability to code and design the next generation of robots and be the potential world champions in the 2016 RoboCop in Germany, this could be an amazing opportunity for all students who are into a more hands-on approach in computer engineering. Here's what Kenneth, a computer science and finance student, had to say about how he became involved in RunSwift and his tips on how you could become a part of the team. Prior to this, I had an interest in robotics, but more of a sort of like personal interest. So it wasn't until I joined the team and heard about the applications of what we do here can be applied to the real world. For example, when he mentioned was the hand one. Applying that to the lumber mill scenario and tracking hands, you can help save people from work injuries. So it's not only a means of, you know, showing off your engineering skills compared to other countries in football. It's also a means of improving what we can use in the outside world in medical or any other sort of field as well. I started in November, December last year 
Um, and even then, I've only barely scratched the surface of what our code base has to offer. So it's, if you're interested, it's good to start early because it lets you get familiarized with the, the code base. Getting started over a holiday season and just at the very least understanding how they work is a very good start. Nikta does sponsorships for research and this is part of their research field, so robotics. So if you're doing, as part of your studies, doing it through summer project, uh, special project, or Nikta project is probably the best idea. But if you're just interested in you know, doing a small project that doesn't count towards marks, feel free to talk to Brad and he can get you set up. A huge congratulations to the RunSwift team. We wish you all the best for next year's competition. And if you'd like to get involved, head to their Facebook page for more information. Now, for the main event. The moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to announce the winners of the Get Weird with the Pod Arts Week Selfie Comp. So if you don't know, we ran the competition over the past couple of weeks. In the spirit of Arts Week, we encourage you to get weird by taking and sharing the weirdest selfie you could manage. The competition was fierce, and in reviewing all the entries, we were pleased to find that our initial suspicions were confirmed. UNSW is full of weirdos. Okay, so let's give away some prizes. So, in combined third place, with a cat for lunch and a look through the lens, congratulations to Samaya Mazumda and Maximus Jones. You've both won double passes to the upcoming mid-session party, September 24th, at the Roundhouse. In second place, with a glitch in the system and a bunny to start the day, congratulations Eloise McCree-Steele and Instagram user Waterfire Roll. You've both won 10 free coffees from the White House. So thank you to the Roundhouse and thank you to the White House for hooking us up with those prizes. Okay, so without any further ado, in first place, winning a Polaroid camera, two Lunar Park Unlimited Rides passes and a $50 ASOS gift voucher is Instagram user John Bub. Congratulations. Your underwater facial contortions were truly the weirdest thing we've seen all week. So... Yes, congratulations. Well deserved. Congratulations to all of our winners, and we'll be contacting you directly with further details on how to collect your prizes. If you'd like to see John Bubbs or any of the other competition entries, head to Instagram and hit up the hashtag GetWeirdWithThePod. So, closing up the show this week, it's time for Society of the Week, as we catch up with the guys from the newly formed James Bond Society. Ah, the humble student society, breathing life into the monotony of the everyday. We thank you not only for padding out our resumes, but for the community, the commitment, the barbecues and the beers. Who are these campus kings? Let's find out. Society of the Week! Hi, my name's Miller, Hugh Miller, and I'm the president of the James Bond Society. My name is Grace, Simon Grace. And I'm the treasurer of UNSW Bonsock. Our society is all about martinis, girls and puns. Our slogan is, sign up if you have a license to chill and you're looking for pussy galore. And of course, pussy galore was a character in Goldfinger. So our society, uh, the James Bond Society, is about bringing together students all across UNSW and staff that love James Bond and it's just the perfect thing for events. If you want to have, say, a drive or a road trip, we can do a James Bond drive. If we want to do a ski trip, we can do a James Bond ski trip. And of course, Bond goes to the snow in a third of his films, so skiing is one of his favourite hobbies. And the same goes for us. Very first event, only um, a week after we were affiliated, was a ski trip. 
Coming up, our biggest event of the year is going to be a big party to celebrate the premiere of the new Bond film, Spectre. So, the day of the premiere, we'll have a celebration, James Bond style, come in tuxedos, um, drink some martinis, and then head off to the big screening. My favourite Bond is Pierce Brosnan because he's got the perfect voice for the role. He comes across as sophisticated and charming. It's not quite the same for Daniel Craig, I don't think. Daniel Craig is my favourite James Bond. Now, he's rugged. I kind of like that. I mean, we've got to say it. Daniel Craig looks fantastic in a suit and I would love my entire wardrobe to look like that. So to get involved, head on to orgsync.com and the URL is orgsync.com forward slash 117861 forward slash chapter. You should get involved if you have just watched one film or you've watched all of them. We cater to everybody. And of course, what is there not to love about James Bond? It's a place for everyone who loves adventure and everyone who loves James Bond to really congregate and have a great time. And if you'd like to get involved, you can find the James Bond Society on OrgSync. And that's just about all we have time for this week. Congratulations to all our Instagram selfie winners, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.